Welcome to In the News for February the 18th, 2022. I am Brett Burney from AppsInLaw.com. This is Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. Hey, Brett. Good morning, Jeff. Another week and another story that we talk about AirTags. <laughs> we cannot get away from the AirTags. Feel- they're following us, Brett. That's the problem. We're, they're following I us. Know. <laughs> I know. I just wish they would keep alerting us, but it's like, okay. Well, anyway, we'll make this quick because this was an excellent, excellent story, and I'm so glad that you linked to it. You know, we have, talking about, we have talked about the good side of AirTags and what it can be used for. We've talked about several of the bad sides of AirTags and the fact that people can use them for uh, malicious intent or means, but this was a very good, all-around story even though the headline is a little um a little uh maybe a nerve-wracking <laughs> this was although i love how she she uh, the the author says um it, i sound like the worst wife ever tracking my husband with air tags but it was for journalism so that's okay so thanks for the uh, gift uh, link by the way this was in the new york times it's an excellent article i'm glad you linked to it What's most interesting about this article is that Cashmere Hill um, really tested the different products. She tried three ways to track a person. One was hiding an air tag on him. One was hiding a tile on him, um, which, you know, those really only work if you, if you're close to somebody else that's running the tile app, which obviously is not a lot of people and her results reflected that. But then the third one was this little GPS tracker and there's tons of them out there. And some of them are made by, you know, you know, country, you know, made in other countries and they're super, super cheap. This is one that I've actually heard people use like professional business people use land air sea. They may put it like inside of a truck in case somebody steals the truck, they can track the truck, you know, those sorts of things. But these GPS trackers, you know, what's interesting is that the air tag is in the news right now because of Apple's respect for privacy, because Apple makes alerts come on saying it appears that an AirTag has been following you for the last few hours, the last day or whatever. Um, Whereas these GPS trackers, they don't provide diddly squat for alerts. There's no way for you to know that one of these things is with you (laughs) and they're very accurate in tracking you. So um, it's interesting that, I mean, it's certainly good that we are all aware of this, you know, before Apple even came out with the AirTag, the ability to track somebody without them knowing about it has existed because of these GPS trackers for a long time. So now I guess there's sort of a greater public awareness. So I guess that's a net good. Um, but it also right. shows that, you know, if you were trying to do the wrong thing to track somebody um, without, you know, to stalk them, an air tag right. is not a good way to go at all because it's going to alert them. It's going to make noise. And that if they go to the police, the police can go back. We talked about this last week. The police can go to Apple and say, you know, here's right. the ad air tag, here's exactly. the specific serial number, and they can find out who it belongs to. So it's a poor device for tracking a person. And again, Apple says it's not what it's designed for. It's designed for, um, you know, tracking items that you may lose, right. not for people. <laughs> but, um, right. but it's interesting because this is the first article I've seen that like tr- that, that tries all the different options at the same time. Um, and it's really, it's I strongly recommend the article to folks. It's interesting because not only does she track it, but like she hired a photographer to use that information <laughs> and try to take pictures of her husband without him knowing about it, which is, you know, throughout the article, <laughs> this poor guy, little does he know that there's like, you know, this PI, you know, following him around, taking right. pictures of him just to show how these things work. So uh, it's a really, really interesting, well done article. So I, I, I think I like it, and I, and I, and I think one of the reasons that you link to it, it is just it's one of the most well rounded articles to help people kind of understand, um, you know, the pros and cons. It's like look through all of the crazy headlines that we've seen about about Apple AirTags. You even quoted the husband in your post here. He said, "For all the bad press that AirTags have gotten, and as flaky as the detection mechanisms were, at least I was consistently getting notifications that they were following me. 
the privacy dangers of the other trackers were way worse. In other words, you already mentioned that Land Air Sea, which I think uh, Kashmir here, the, the author of the article, said that was the most accurate. Like sure. it, it was pinging every, th- I think, three minutes, right? So that she could literally track the car of her husband and he went into, into downtown uh, Manhattan and she was able to track that and it was the most accurate. Um, but it didn't ping anything, right? He had no idea that the land, air, sea item was tracking him, but he kept getting notifications. Even at one point of the story here, he talks about he thought it was in his shoe and he was yelling at his wife to tell him if it's in his shoe because he didn't want to tear his shoe apart because <laughs> he thought that's where it was. It turns out I think she had hit it in his backpack or something uh, similar like that. But, you know, that was just interesting. Like air tags are going to do the best that they can to alert you that there is this item that may be tracking you. And the husband said that that was that was at least uh, made him feel a little bit better about it, I guess, about yeah. about being tracked like this. By the way, he agreed to this, by the way. So uh, he's 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 agreed to other things like this in the past because of her job. But I this was such a well-rounded story. And then lastly, I'll just say quickly, um, they talked about here like the land, air, sea. You mentioned this works with satellites right and that's one of the reasons that it's constantly pinging i think what was that movie with will smith you know way back in the day right they the state of like you know you were being tracked like that like to me i i figure that that's something a little more similar but the air tags do not work with the satellite in fact it works best it said she even said here it worked best the air tags worked best when the when her husband was in downtown new york where there are millions of iphones in close proximity and the air tag was very accurate then but when he was outside the city and was driving in a place where there may not have been as many iphones the air tag wasn't quite as uh, as accurate yeah. So even aside from the hall, the stocking issues, just in terms of understanding the limitations, if you have an air tag right, in a backpack right. that falls out of the window of your car when you're driving down the interstate and it's just on the side of the road, um, it's very unlikely that it's going to do a good job. I mean, it'll know where it was right. last seen when it left right. you. But unless right, right. somebody you know drives by slowly enough that their iPhone notices the air tag, which you know probably would not happen on an interstate, you're not going to be able to track the current location of that air tag. But a device that has GPS in it like right. one of these GPS trackers, or frankly, if you just hid like a cell phone on somebody else and it just stayed there until the cell phone battery died, you know, something that has its own GPS in it, it's going to always know where it is. So that's just useful to think because somebody might lose something and say, you know, hey, I had an AirTag in it. Why can't I find my purse? Well, right. because maybe right. your purse is in a place where nobody else is walking around with yeah. an iPhone yeah. nearby. Now, downtown Manhattan, I mean, there's maybe be a bajillion iPhones walking right. by. Right. Um, so, so it's interesting. Very good. Uh, this just in, I just saw this and you may, I think it was, this was from yesterday. Uh, New York attorney general issues consumer warning about air tags. Maybe we can, we'll, we'll hear a little bit more about this, but uh, the attorney general just yesterday was issuing this, that tracking people without their awareness or consent is a serious felony. I think this just goes to your point. Like this is what's getting the press these days. This is something that's always been around. We've always had these tools to be able to track people. It's just now, I think it's a little bit more consumerized as it were. Well, because, so, because of the alerts yeah. from the Apple air tag, it's now more in the public awareness. And so people are confused. Right, used. Right. People are asking the police, they're asking the attorney general, they're asking other people. So, I mean, it is a net good that public awareness will increase on this. Um, and I don't think it, you should fault Apple for alerting people of this, you know, just the opposite. Agreed. You would fault Apple if they worked the same way that a regular GPS tracker right. did and does right. not provide any notice. So, um, so yeah. 
All right, so we're, we, we'll look forward to maybe next week when it'll be AirTag free, but maybe not. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> you, you even leaked to one other story great from that well, I thought was great from uh, uh, David Sparks uh, oh, yeah. over at MaxSparky.com. And he was talking about uh, a little product, or I guess it's almost like just a little piece of hard rubber that an AirTag fits in the middle of it in a circle because it was, it's created so that you could put this into your wallet. It sounds yeah. like David wasn't the most impressed with it because I like what he says here. It doesn't, it doesn't magically make the AirTag any smaller or thinner, right? right? It's still, it's very still thick, pretty yeah. fat. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. still pretty fat when it fits into your wallet, but I'm glad that you linked to this because I always, I always enjoy hearing about what David is trying to work on, you know, and if, and then he was using some kind of a weird duct tape thing here or gaffer's tape to <laughs> to tape an air tag into his own wallet because the 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 elevation labs item was too thick anyway it's just this is funny i'm glad that you linked to that as well so if you <laughs> if you're not tired of air tags just yet then uh, that's that's another great story so let's go from air tags to wireless carplay or let's just talk carplay you and i have both have expressed our love for carplay apple carplay many many times Still love it, but we've often talked about the idea of too that in order to use CarPlay, at least in my car, I don't have one that's wireless, but in my car, I got to get in and I have to literally like plug the phone into a cord that's connected to my car. Not a big deal. And I always like it because you mentioned this, it charges the phone at the same time, but I can absolutely see why it would be great to just be able to keep the phone in my pocket or just set it down anywhere in the car and it will automatically and wirelessly connect to CarPlay. Now, I know some cars do this automatically, but you had a good link to CarPlay Life website, which is great, I think, to the AutoCast <laughs> U2 AirFast wireless CarPlay adapter. This was a good uh, video from uh, uh, the gentleman here that uh, writes this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a neat little device if you want to have wireless. There's, Apple came out with the ability for AirPlay to be, for CarPlay to be wireless, but very, very few. And when I say few, I think maybe only one. I think maybe it's either BMW, if I remember. Oh, I forget which, right. But there's, I, yeah. there's really like very, it is very hard to find a car that has wireless CarPlay built into it. But if you have regular CarPlay, uh -huh. which, you know, just about every new car has nowadays, you can use this little dongle to give it a wireless capability. So yeah. um, again, I really don't see the advantage of it because I like being able to charge it. Yeah. Um, you know, my, the, the car that I have, um, actually mine does have, but my wife's does, it actually has like a little place in, in uh, the Honda Odyssey where you can put, you can just set your iPhone down into a mat yep. and it is That's a wireless charging mat. Right. So you could do that. <laughs> and so then you would be wirelessly charging your iPhone and you could with this dongle wirelessly connect CarPlay. Uh -huh. um, although I'm not sure I'm a field about that because even though the mat is like sort of rubbery and sticky, you know, maybe what if the iPhone falls off if you stop short or something? Right, I, right. I actually consider it an advantage to plug in the iPhone. <laughs> But, um, but, you know, if you Keeps don't, and I can understand your iPhone's in your pocket and you just don't want to, you know, maybe you don't need to charge it. It's been charging with right. you all day right. and you just want to, you know, have your iPhone stay in your pocket and have CarPlay just work magically. Well, then maybe you can try one of these. Now, he, he has, if you're interested in these products, his video is good because he actually tries it and he includes some comments at the bottom of the right. video where he points out that, for example, the first unit he got had some problems with it. He had to return it and get a second unit. And that even that unit, after he had filmed the video, he puts at the bottom, you know, he would get like a black screen and he had to unplug it and restart it and stuff. So this thing is not, it's not very expensive. Well, it's, it's actually a little expensive, but I want to say yeah, it's like $80. Under $100. Oh, yeah, right. Under 100 But um, it's not perfect. I mean, these things, it really reminds me of the days before CarPlay, 
when there were lots of different options for getting your iPhone to play music in your car. (laughs) And all of them had drawbacks one way or the other, you know, whether you, you know, try to connect to a radio station or whether you use Bluetooth, that was never perfect. Um, CarPlay, right. you plug it I in, pretty much you can always, the cassette adapter was a big one, but then now, <laughs> nowadays cars, you know, don't come with cassette players anymore. Right. So um, I'm old. it's nice that we have CarPlay, the wired CarPlay, because it resolves all of that stuff. But, um, but if you want to do the wireless, um, that you absolutely should look at this video. And he point, he talks about some of the other products that do the same thing and explains yeah, why like this particular product is probably, at least according to him, one of the best ones um, for wireless CarPlay. We are all looking forward to Apple's release of iOS 15.4. You and I have talked about some big things that we're looking for in 15.4, but you had a couple of links today that I like where uh, there are some little small things. This is iOS 15.4 podcast apps adds new filtering and browsing options. And mm-hmm. let me see, there was another um, there was another story you linked to. Oh, shortcut on shortcuts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. I mean, well, I, I think I just saw beta three of 15.4 has been released, which tells us regular people that it's pretty close. Like you, we've been talking about this for several weeks now, but I'm glad that you linked to this. Like there's some big things coming in 15.4 and there's some really nice little uh, tweaks as coming as well. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we're learning more about 15.4 every single day, I guess is the real message of this. And um, the, uh, I mean, I know for, we we can see from, you know, there's not a lot that we can, that that you and I, Brett, can see about folks that listen to this podcast, but it looks like by far the number one app that people use is the Overcast app. But I think the number two app is um, the Apple Podcast app. So if you're listening to this podcast and you use the podcast app with 15.4, you'll be able to have more options. Many, many of which frankly are options that already exist in the Overcast app, but in order to filter episodes. And so it's good to see, I mean, since the Apple podcast app is built into the phone, that's probably the one that a lot of folks start with and and maybe stick with. And so I'm glad that Apple is making that product more robust. And as for the other change coming that you mentioned on shortcuts, animation, automations, that's a nice one because you can currently have a shortcut that like when something happens, it will automatically start a shortcut. So like at a certain time of day, it will do something. But right now it's a little annoying because even though you created the shortcut, so of course you anticipate it happening, an alert comes up on your screen, which just sort of, you know, sometimes you may have to touch it or it gets in the way. So it will be nice to have an option of just saying, I don't need this to happen anymore. It can just happen automatically. Uh, So anytime that I do this, have that happen and and just, and just happen. So, um, you know, maybe there's a little bit of risk there if somebody doesn't understand what they did, but I suspect that most folks who are sophisticated to number one, run the shortcut you know, put it on the, on the phone in the first place. And then number two, turn off the setting of having the alerts, you know, anyone that does both of that by definition is a person that it is perfectly fine to not have an alert and certainly a lot less annoying for them to turn off those. Gotcha. That's a good change. Yeah. I was wondering about that shortcut automation, but thank you. That, that makes a lot of sense. And now I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. Our friend Jason Snell, well, I I don't know him personally, but I feel like I do because we've been reading him for years and years, and he has his own uh, website, Six Colors, but he writes for Macworld uh, quite often, and I... well, l- l- let me just say the topic of this of this article that you linked to is about the App Store, uh, which I don't know if we've talked about it a whole lot on 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 this podcast, Jeff, other than, you know, here's it's available in the App Store, that kind of a thing, but there's a lot of people that have been pushing Apple. I guess we have to some extent with the with the epic uh, um, 
issues and the litigation that's come up in other countries, there's a lot of people that are saying that Apple should open up the app store, allow us to install and download apps from other places other than the app store. I thought this was a very well-reasoned story from Jason Snell, where he actually says they may should open it up. And I like his comparison to the way that we download and install apps on the Mac. But uh, even even you made a comment in your, in your post, Jeff, I don't know if I fully agree with it. I still like, as a regular user, I still like knowing that that security is there from when I download or purchase an app, it comes from the app store. That means Apple has looked at it. I know there's a lot of problems and a lot of people point out, you know, with different apps and stuff like that. But this was a good article. If you are interested in kind of looking at both sides of the both sides of the arguments there, that Jason Snell did a good job here. And Apple's worst case scenario might be the best thing for the iPhone. Yeah, reasonable minds can differ on this one. Jason's basic premise <laughs> well was on a Mac, on a Mac, there is an Apple App Store that you can use right. to download there apps, is. but you don't right. have to use it. You could, you could, you know, download an app from somewhere else and there will be a security right. alert that comes up that warns you that this is from, you know, somewhere else on the internet there and is. you can decide That's I'm right. going to go ahead and install it anyway. And if it turns out that you installed something that was malware, if you installed a virus on your computer, well, right. you know, that's your fault. You installed that's it, you know, if right. you had stuck to Everywhere. only installing things. And so the issue is, and I, you know, this is always, you know, uh, the debate, do you want to have let people the freedom to do whatever they want, even at their own peril, mm -hmm. or do right. you want things to be safer? And I personally am comfortable with the current distinction where on a computer, yeah. on a Mac, or certainly on a PC, you can install whatever you want. If you get yourself in trouble, that's your own fault. Um, it's, it's but you take on those risks. <laughs> on the other hand, for something like an iPhone that's supposed to be easier to use, it's with you at all times. And so the privacy implications of like some third-party software that you installed from a non-Apple app store that you didn't realize that this app, not only does it give you the weather, but oh, by the right. way, it's also going to tell somebody where you are 24-7 and they right. can you know sell that right. information to a third party who advertises you. And the next thing you know, you, you walk down the street and it says, oh, I, I see that you're, pa you're passing a cookie store. You know, well, let, let me tell you something about that. You're like, oh, that's a little too intrusive to me. So I, I like the fact that, you know, Apple has this, this, you know, this closed system with the app store. But I totally understand how some people say, no, 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 I want to have, you know, full openness. And that is the number one reason, Brett, that people tell me that they use an Android phone versus an iPhone. Exactly. Is right. They like that right. an Android, you know, yes, there is a Google Play app store, but you don't have to use it. You can do whatever you want. You can change virtually anything, right. no matter That's how right. ugly it might make your Android phone look or, or right. what risks you may have of installing malware. Right. You have that freedom. And so... Um, that that is that is the debate. Um, one interesting point that that Jason makes in here is that he says if the iPhone apps and iPad app store um, allowed for you know non app store purchases, right. that maybe over time a side effect of it is that Apple would make its own app store more accommodating and would allow you to do more things. Oh, and I'll give you a yeah. perfect example on okay. a computer. You um, it's very easy to install an app that um, manages, that, that watches your clipboard uh, and maybe even something like Text Expander Correct. that does something with yes. it. And so yes. it always knows, even after you switch different programs from program to program to program, it always knows what's on your clipboard. On the iPhone, currently, that's not allowed because Correct. it would be yeah. one Good. app, Good a clipboard manager app, snooping on another app. And so 
Jason's idea is, you know, if Apple allowed third-party app stores and then over time realized that certain types of apps are probably not that dangerous and, you know, maybe it would lead Apple to open up the app store itself. And I, I guess that's a theory. I personally would prefer it to happen the way it is now, which is that Apple over time has expanded what the app store allows. And, you know, you can make arguments about to whether they've gone far enough or, or, or maybe right. not far enough. But, right. um, yeah, so it's it's an interesting discussion, and it's one that will continue. The reason, right. as you mentioned at the beginning, that it's in the news is not only the Epic lawsuit, but there's been other governments around the world right. that have been um, challenging Apple and Google, saying that you know it's, right. you can't just have an app store; you should open it up, and it's sort of like a you know anti-competitive type thing. And that that's way above my pay grade to get into all of the those implications. But yeah. um, but it's not an easy decision. You can make arguments on both sides. Yeah, we have not heard the end of this. I, you know, not I'll just all. throw one other, one other. This may be a little bit of a weak argument, but it's important to me is convenience. I love just the idea that I can go to the app store. Like I know there's one place. I don't have to jump through other individual hoops. There would be a no other whole other system in order to install something on my iPhone. And my example is on my Mac. There are software packages that give me both options, right? I can either buy this through the Mac app store, or I could go to the website of the developer and buy it directly from them. And I'm torn sometimes because I want to make sure that the developer gets as much money and support, which means that if I buy it directly from them, they would get more. But if I bought it through the app store, number one, the app store would keep track of all of my purchase history. I would have access to all of that information there. But of course, Apple takes 30% of the cut, right? Or 15%, depending on the, there's different tiers that they have now. So anyway, I, I will, I will typically go to the Mac app store and I will buy it through there just because I like everything being in one place. I can see my purchase history. If I have to, you know, sign in and, and, and re-download it to a new Mac, it's all in one place. I don't have to remember all the different websites. Anyway, I just, I think that's another argument. And I know there's, you know, uh, like you said, reasonable minds can differ on this, but I think the convenience aspect is a, is another uh, pretty important component as well. But thanks good for point. linking to that. I, I think that's good. So another story that you linked to today, which I thought was great, this is from the Wirecutter, a great website, how to clean your phone. Now, this could be any phone, but uh, they're showing the iPhone, and this is what I've done. I think this is great. A lot of people ask this. You know, we typically just rub it off. We're upset about fingerprints maybe on there. Um, you know, using a white, but one thing that stuck out in here is they, they recommend using a toothpick to clean out your phone's ports. And I've actually done this several times, even to like the horror of my, my wife and kids, like, what are you doing? What are you doing with that toothpick? You're sticking it in. But it is better to do that because sometimes when I've carried my phone like in my back pocket or even in a suit pocket, sometimes there's little lint that gets into the lightning port there. And I have done, I have gone to the point where sometimes that the phone stops charging because there's lint that is, you know, <laughs> that's been packed in there that I can't put the lightning cable. I know it sounds a little disgusting, I guess, but the best way that I have found to get that out is to use a toothpick because something using something metal, you could damage uh, some of the internal things. You don't want to use a Q-tip because that could put more lint in there. So I just, I'm glad that you linked to this. And I just wanted to make that point that as, as, as horrifying as it sounds, using a toothpick to clean out the lint from the port is a very good idea. Not all yeah, the time, but when yeah, when Nick has to. some good, uh, some good advice in here for cleaning your iPhone. And you know, the toothpick, the toothpick tip is also good for your AirPods, uh, you know, because oh, I don't yeah, need to talk about true. how disgusting your AirPods can get in yeah. your ear. And so if you need to take some of that stuff out, you can use a toothpick for that too and just sort of very delicately clean it out. 
he he does say a uh, little disclaimer i guess none of the three phone manufacturers we researched provided any guidance on this kind of cleaning but mm. we have always had success with a gentle touch uh there's always a risk but using a toothpick is the best thing to do so good we'll have that link in the show notes and thank you for linking to that next how about a free apple watch <laughs> this is a funny one <laughs> all, all you need to do is make sure that you exercise what uh 35% more than you already are <laughs> <laughs> yeah. great story you leak to here Jeff <laughs> this this happens to be an Australian health insurance company but I've actually heard about some American health insurance companies that do it too you know Me obviously too, right? your, your health insurance right. company wants you to be healthy because you know then you know there's less things for them to pay for right. insurance. Right. and so one of the things that can encourage you to be more healthy is to use an apple watch and to stay addict active but this one is interesting because it had some statistics in it i mean they actually say that you know they gave you an apple watch and if you <laughs> exercised you know this many four, four days a week then you can get it you know you, you won't have to pay anything that month if you exercise right. three right. days a week you have to pay twelve dollars that month if you exercise just <laughs> one day a week you have to pay twenty two dollars that month and so it provides you with a clear economic incentive to exercise and be active. Um, And as I joked in my post, I mean, this, this whole report probably says more about human psychology and what people will do to get something for free than it really does about the Apple watch. Um, And yet, you know, at the same time, you know, aside from insurance stuff, I will admit one of the things that I really enjoy about my Apple watch is it encourages me to be more active because I look at my circles every day. And if it's near the end of the day, and I've had one of those days where I'm just been sitting in my office, typing on my computer all day, I've I've been very inactive. And I see that I've got like, you know, seven green circles, then I'm like, okay, maybe I should get on the treadmill and try to get active. Or maybe Uh I could, you know, go use the the fitness plus program for Apple TV and do some moving around just to sort of keep my, my heart pumping and get myself moving. And, you know, before the Apple watch, there there was no incentive for me to do it, but when you can, you can, can, you can quantify it when you can actually see, you know, gosh, I really probably should exercise for 20 minutes today. Um, it totally encourages me to do it. And you know, what incremental impact that has on health, you know, it's certain, I don't think it hurts. It it can't uh, hurt. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll even add one on top of that. It, once you start competing with your family members or other friends, then it's even more. (laughs) It's like, I can't, I can't tell you how many times like, Oh, my wife worked out earlier today. Now I've got to get out there because I can't let her beat me on the con. Uh, And then my daughter is now starting to work out and she's doing even better than both of us. And Oh, it just irks me. But it's like, if that's some kind of a motivation, that's great. But anyway, thanks for linking to this story. This is, this is great. I, I would do it. I would do this in a heartbeat. I like, you said it's almost like gamifying it for me but it's like if if the health company is willing to offer something like uh an apple watch and again like you said some other companies do a fitbit or you know something else similar like that but man give me an apple watch and i'm doing it (laughs) (laughs) i will do i will do an extra 20 push-ups and run an extra half a mile that's that's great we we can get that (laughs) happening all right good stuff there okay in the know let's do a couple of tips uh mine will be a little bit of a self-serving but i think it'll be it'll be practical i i've just relaunched my i practice on an ipad um courses now mostly this is designed for legal professionals or even really all professionals uh but this is um uh, my website i practice on an ipad.com and i've got three different courses one of which is brand new it is about editing microsoft word documents so what i was going to say i've got a couple of tips that i find that i released this earlier this past week and people were really appreciating uh this tip um there are a couple of tips 
about selecting text inside Microsoft Word. I think I've got the, right, the right. Uh, video uh, uh, down here. Yeah, handy tips on selecting text in Microsoft Word. And this is really good because I find if you're editing Word documents on the iPad or even the, the iPhone, I just do it more on the iPad or on my computer, is that if you want to apply some formatting to either the font or a sentence or the paragraph, anything along those lines, the first thing you got to do is select the text, of course, right? Now, the old way is we had to tap and hold on a word. And by the way, this can apply to emails and notes as well. But I just use this a lot in Word because I'm usually doing a lot of formatting of, um, of text. Tap and hold. And if you tap and hold on the screen on a word, eventually what they call the edit menu, the little black bar comes up at the top and there is a select option uh, in that edit menu. And if you tap on select, it'll select the word on which you were tapping and holding uh, right there. And then, of course, as usual, there's a little blue bubbles with little blue dots right at the beginning and end. And you can use those to pull and expand the selection there. Now, I still do that sometimes, but Probably what I use more than anything else are these handy tips. If you want to select a word quickly, just simply double tap on that word, tap, tap, and that will immediately select the word. And then you can apply bold formatting or change the font, whatever. If you want to select the entire paragraph, you can triple tap. Now, depending on the app I have found, Jeff, sometimes a triple tap will just select the sentence in which you triple tap. But in Word, if you triple tap, on a word in Microsoft Word, it will select the entire paragraph, which I found is okay because I like to apply the formatting to the entire uh, entire paragraph. So double tap to select a word, triple tap to select the entire paragraph. Uh, that's great because if you if you are a tapper <laughs> and you're on the iPad, that works out really quick. And you can see I'll link to my video here where it, I just uh, go through and demonstrate this. Now, if you have an external keyboard attached to your iPad, you can use that external keyboard to select text in there as well. If you just tap on the screen so that your cursor is blinking in your text, you can hold down the shift and use the left and right arrows on your external keyboard to uh, select a each letter at a time or each character, if that makes sense. So shift and left and right arrow. But if you add the alt or the option key, so shift option and left and right arrow, it will select one word at a time. So it, it, it's very easy. I'm, I know the explanation is a little bit longer, but it's very easy to understand this. And if you just go and use your external keyboard with Microsoft Word. These are some really neat ways to just keep in the, you know, muscle memory as it were, to make sure that you're able to select that text really quickly on there. And I'll have the link to my little video and the uh, courses if anybody is interested. Yeah, that's a great tip because the traditional way to select text where you sort of start at the beginning and go to the end, sometimes right. on an iPad or an iPhone, it can be hard to be precise. It is right. so much faster if you want to just like delete a paragraph or, you know, copy it and yes. paste it somewhere else just to yeah. do that triple tap in the middle. It is worlds better. You don't have to worry about did I correct did I correctly select the first letter of the first word and the last right. letter. Um, that's a great <laughs> tip. And I use it all the time. So good, thank good. you for that. Excellent. Absolutely. So since we're in Microsoft Word, here, my tip is going to be a Word tip too, which is okay. as useful as it is to use Word if you're going to actually like, you know, be looking at a Word document and editing it in and all those annotating and all that stuff. Many times, I mean, I think the number one reason that I use Word is um, just to sort of get something into a PDF format, because lots of times I yes. find it more useful to have a PDF version. So for example, if I'm going into a meeting and um, I'm going to be taking notes using the GoodNotes app on my um, iPad, 
um, the agenda may be circulated as a Word document. And I want to just take that Word right. document and put it right. into my agenda. And so right. I just need to quickly turn it into a PDF. And although there's a number of ways you can do it, for me, the fastest way to do it is to use Microsoft Word. It's going to be the best one. It's going to do the great, the yes. best job. And so all you do is when you open up a document into Microsoft Word, at the very top right of the screen, both the iPad and the iPhone, mm -hmm. the, the most right um, icon are three dots, but the one right next to it is a square with an arrow on it. And so if you tap that, um, that is the share function. And once you right. have the share function, if you sort of scroll down a little bit, there's a little link that says send a copy. And you can choose whether your copy is in Word format, which I don't want, or if I change the format to PDF, now it's the format that I want. And um, at that point, there's a, something you can tap that says send with another app. And that's where I choose what I'm going to do. If I'm going to save it as a PDF version in Dropbox, or am I going to uh, put it in an email that I want to email up to someone in PDF format? Do I want to open it up in Good notes, like I just described, or I want to open it up in, you know, some right. other PDF expert. And so I do that all the time because lots of times I find that here's another example. If I'm in PDF expert and I just want to review the document, although PDF expert can open Word documents, mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's a little weird because you lose the the, the bar at the top that right. lets you annotate it and right. you can't see the other tabs. It's far better if you don't plan on actually, you know, do editing the Microsoft Word document. If you just want to read it it's far better to have it in a PDF format. So, right. um, so you know, every time that you do this, you're only going to be in the Microsoft Word app for, what, three or four seconds? But <laughs> it is a really, really useful you know, use of the Microsoft Word app, and it's a good reason to have it. So that's my tip, is use the Microsoft Word app on your iPad or your iPhone to turn that Word document into a PDF file, because once it's in PDF format, there's just many, many, many more things that you right. can do. Excellent, excellent tip. I liken it to what we do on the computer. I mean, you and I probably remember the days where, you know, Microsoft Word would not save to a PDF, right? We had to have the Ac Adobe Acrobat software installed. Yeah. You had to print a PDF. Now today on a computer, I do this all the time, just like I'm sure you do, Jeff. I open up a Word document and I say, save as PDF. You can still mm -hmm. print a PDF, but you can do a save as PDF, which is great. And so I'd liken it on my iPad to do exactly what you just described, because I think the other point quickly is opening that Word document in the Microsoft Word app will retain what we call the file fidelity, right? It'll look exactly the way it looks. The formatting is going to be on point. And to me, that's going to give you the most accurate and true representation of the PDF version of that Word document if you do it in Word. Like you said, there's many other apps that will convert to PDF, but I think I would trust, if I have a Word document, I'm going to trust the Microsoft Word conversion process into PDF. What an excellent tip. Thank you uh, on that too. So great, another week, and uh, hopefully next week, uh, uh, maybe no more air tags. Maybe there will be. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> Thanks, uh, as always, Jeff, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Brett. Bye-bye, everybody.